0: live from the Sipner drone we've got kyle pritchett and your boy john notice here on i'll tell Tell you what What. uh guys we got another exciting great episode coming up this week what (laughs) um i just want to tell you who we are uh on the other side of this awesome desk of ours, uh, I've got the one, the only Dan Watanabe. Yeah, uh, Danny Dubs. Coconut Mike. Uh, Miggity Mike, 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 Mike. Will made it? Uh,
1: <laughs> or uh, the camel from the Geico commercial. Mike, 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 Mike,
0: Mike. <laughs> Guess what day it is. <laughs> day! <laughs> Uh you got your boy Jolly John aka Day Notice aka Tron aka live from the Shipnodrome. Ah you thought Darkness was your ally wrestler, wrestler. In the building, um guys, we're going to talk uh, about the last dance today. Uh, we're going to talk about a
1: not the rom-com. How many times <laughs> do I have to say it? It is a documentary <laughs> about Michael Jordan in the Chicago
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, the documentary. Uh, we've got a few more things, just corona developments as far as uh, the sports world trying to make its comeback. Uh, some updates for you guys. So, before we even jump into that real quick, we're mm-hmm. going to start off with our greetings. So, hello. How are you, sir?
1: Oh, I'm doing well. Yes, I'm just relaxing here at home.
0: Could you? Tell me a little bit more about your week. Sure, sure.
1: So uh, this past week, we have uh, been staying at home.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And um, what is it? Uh, How do you pronounce it? Um, Social
0: distancing? Yes.
1: Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I keep mixing that up with uh, just doing nothing all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Got you. (laughs) Just giving up on life. Heard. heard. <laughs> but uh yeah, so we've just been hanging out. We watched a little of the NFL draft. Uh, yeah. we actually went over and got to see um my parents. Oh, okay. Yeah, old Pam Cakes and Bob pedic Bob pedic Yeah. He's not a chiropractor or anything. <laughs> but uh so that was fun. And yeah, we just been getting ready with uh with you know working. With cafe restaurants, the Georgia laws have allowed dining rooms to reopen this week. So we're doing a lot of research on to how we can do that safely.
0: Yes. So, we all want to feel safe. I mean, we secure. want to, you know. Mm-hmm. I understand. <laughs> Got your hands full. Well, on the flip side of that, beneath that, rather. Beneath? Beneath. I'm over here like, yes, Uber is going off. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, ding, 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 ding. ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Putting in that ding, order. ding. <laughs> <laughs> putting in those orders, um, watching the NFL draft as well. Okay, um, just you know, staying afloat. Uh, I actually went over to Town Center Mall, and I definitely sat at the mall in their parking lot. <laughs> I just had like a beer. You sat drink. down on the ground, dude. No, I actually had some lawn chairs. You had lawn chairs. Dude, I gotta tell you, you were tailgating. Dude pretty much on saturday saturday, saturday, right? saturday he's tailgate. getting
1: ready guys
0: yeah like literally <laughs> i was like oh we about to open tailgate let's go but i actually had like a scooter so i went around <laughs> on that and a skateboard so, skateboard <laughs> you're acting
1: like a hoodlum out there
0: <laughs> pretty much so like Four hours go by, I have like three beers, by the way, Mm. (laughs) and uh, tell me why, the like security renter cop comes by and he's like, you guys realize that you can't be here? And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Like, we've been here for a hot minute. Oh my God. Unbelievable. I know, literally out of my mouth. I was like, yeah, I guess we're going. (laughs) Bye. You should have been like, get away from me. Don't you even cough on me. I bet Six. you got the Roma. Deep. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm by myself over here. Dude. <laughs> so like we were sitting there, and this is like the highlight of the story. It was like 555, and this giant bell starts going off like at the mall. And it sounds uh, uh, like uh. a school bell. Okay, like okay. at okay. a middle school bell. Like, and like, ring. Yeah. And then the guy comes on there and he's like, it's 555. All employees, please check out. That way we know you're leaving the building. Thank you. Mall Security John. Uh, uh, <laughs> like that was really. So are people still in there then? I guess they're working. I don't know. Did you see other cars in the lot? There were pro I mean, I didn't go all the way around, but I definitely saw like one or two cars <laughs> in there. But throughout the time we were tailgating there, I definitely saw a lot of People come in and out doing some things. I'll say moving. that. Yeah, moving. You saw running. movement. Yeah. You had your binoculars out like I see it, movement.
1: Dude. It, I've got them in my sights.
0: It was more like people were learning how to drive a car in the parking <laughs> lot. I will tell you this one girl stole. Whoa, 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 Stacy, Stacey, easy, easy, dude, easy. She, <laughs> that was literally what was going on. Because <laughs> this dad was like, ah, da, da. I was like, <laughs> literally. I was like, ee. Uh, (laughs) It was a little scary. Jeez. Um, but that's about the highlight of my weekend. weekend, Weekends.
1: I mean, I think I speak for all of us in the Twitterverse when (laughs) I say that uh, that sounds like a lot more fun than we had.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Got you. Twenty-one Jump Street reference right there, guys. (laughs) The Twitter (laughs) sphere. Um. Well, coming up on our next segment, we're going to talk about the NFL draft. Uh, where. Jerry, Judy, Landon, (laughs) and uh, a few others. Yes, Um, yes. So stay tuned. Listen for the breakdown on the next segment on I'll I'll Tell You What. The drone, <laughs> I think that's my new friend. It is I, Promotor. <laughs> my boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this week we kind of got a glimpse of what sports are doing and making their way back into our normal lives. Yes. Slowly with the draft. It was done digitally over the internet. The uh, internet. Yeah, um, yeah,
1: it was. Um,
0: Got to see a lot of great faces, but I will tell you what was going on in the background was a lot of families hugging <laughs> and a lot of like weird situations, uh, I will just tell to you. To
1: quote that. a Pokemon,
0: a little Jigglypuff. Yeah, a little bit of Jigglypuff going on in the background, <laughs> dude. <laughs> jigglypuff! <laughs> um, yes,
1: so what did you, what were your just like an an overall thoughts, initial thoughts from the first round on Thursday night, just when you saw how like the format was going to be, what, was, what were your initials? I reactions? do
0: want to give them a huge shout out for trying to keep the enthusiasm, make everybody feel welcome. Very easy to understand because I think they were trying to broaden their reach during this broadcast. So they a, have more eyeballs than normal because it, it's the only, only thing, thing on. Exactly. So I think they did a overall great job. Um, you know, just keeping it light, simple, flowing the whole time. I was, that was good. Yeah. Like I watched, I kept turning it on and off, honestly, to be real with you. So, mm. I, cause the picks were taking a little too long at some time, points, rather. Um, you would see one team make their pick very quickly. And then like another team would be like, we're going to use the whole time. And I'm like, how do you not know who's on the board still? Yeah. <laughs> very, very evident. You could just have the TV on, which most people, managers, like owners, had the TV on. So I'm a little confused there. But So that was one of
1: my major issues. Um, I'll, I'll just address that first since yeah. we're already talking about it. But I really didn't love the fluidity of the broadcast. Yeah. Um, I've always been a fan of Trey Wingo, who was the host this year. Mm-hmm. And he generally does a very good job. He's very conversational. And he just tells it how it is for the most part and he's you know he's kind of off the cuff has very nice humor um but all that being said he did not do a good job in my opinion on like giving us the information we needed in this draft mm. so for example there was a lot of instances where the pick was already in it had said the pick is in on the screen for I mean, it felt like ten minutes. minutes.
0: Yeah, and Trey
1: right. during that ten minutes would keep being like, "All right, we're still waiting for this pick to be in. They're still deliberating." Like he didn't know that the pick was already in, mm-hmm. and you're like, "That is one of your main jobs is literally to bring <laughs> us the picks when they become available, so we
0: know." That's why we're watching it, <laughs> and he
1: would be like throwing it to other analysts, like three or four analysts. After it would say the pick is in, and they wouldn't even be ready; they'd just be like staring off. They're like, huh? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that <laughs> yeah, guy, man, he kills it. Like, yeah. what? I mean, they might go with him, though. I don't really They're know. Right. And yeah. then Trey would be like, wait, I'm hearing now that the pick is in. Let's go live to the conditioner <laughs> yeah. Goodell. And Goodell would be like, all right, Tex fans. <laughs> yeah, turn around. Oh, anyway. So the next pick in the NFL draft. <laughs> you'd be like, Roger
0: pay attention
1: isn't So they got a little bit better as the draft went on like the next couple days but I just didn't love the fluidity of how it was being broadcast Okay um but other than that I will say I just enjoyed being able to view some of the highlights yeah, from yeah. the players and just to see the how it all sh- stories the backstories There were some
0: crazy backstories this year dude all some over crazy- the map Yeah like So, for an example, guys, in case you didn't see it, they'd be like, ah, and this wide receiver, little did you know, was actually in Juvenile Hall four years ago. (laughs) The only way he made it out was through becoming a VODMIL member in a circus that traveled around the European tour. (laughs) This is his friend (laughs) Yankor. And they'd be like, Yeah, it would like pan over in their house to like their friend. (laughs) He's like, yeah, we made it, (laughs) 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 we <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro we can pay.
1: <laughs> obviously that's all an embellishment but
0: it yeah, was stories so- similar where it'd be like what <laughs> is going on yeah uh actually i can't remember that like, one guy who was on there and like there was a random woman who just like grabbed him and the mom was like get
1: off of him <laughs> oh yeah yeah she was just hugging him yeah. And then this other, like, the mom comes up and literally, like, snatches her, and tries to pull her off the, <laughs> the kid, and she's like, no! I'm on again. <laughs> she's
0: like, get off! <laughs> it was definitely uh, one for the books, guys. Yeah. Definitely. But the no big shocker here, Joe Burrows being the number one pick. Yeah, he go- was the number one. Overall. Overall pick going to the Bengals. Yeah. So- he went
1: from being a Bayou Bengal. To a regular Bengal. <laughs>
0: Cincinnati bangle. Like, yeah. I know. Um, so, he... I think he'll do okay out there, but he probably is not going to get much out of it because he's playing with no wide receiver. Mm, this just so. is.
1: <laughs> well, and my thing, and we've talked about it before, but just so the listeners can be reminded, Joe Burrow did not have a good junior season. He threw, like, 17 total touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And, like... 10 picks or something. And his only good season was that senior season. Granted, it was a very, very good season, yes. like on point. Mm-hmm. So I just think it is a little irresponsible to like go ahead and like crown him now mm-hmm. as the best, best, um, without giving people just a little bit of a caveat saying, like, look, he was really good, but we don't know if he's gonna be consistently good moving forward. <laughs> So it'll be interesting to watch his story unfold.
0: Yes. Um I don't think he's going to just I understand it's the professional professionals and they can really work with you and design things around you, but that's not going to work, honestly, <laughs> for him. I can just tell you that outright, guys. We've seen what he did in college and especially now all people have time to do is watch Film. Film. So they're probably going to destroy you.
1: Yeah. So they, that's my theory. Yeah. And I'm
0: sticking to it. And he's sticking to it, folks. Mm-hmm.
1: He's sticking to it. He is a smart guy, though, so hopefully he dee dee can learn. Dee 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 dee. Taj <laughs> Mowry. Uh But moving on, you had uh, Chase Young go yeah. number two to the Redskins. Redskins.
0: Which... Yeah, no, I was actually happy about that. And I was gonna say another person who rumored who was rumored to be signed to the Redskins was Randy Moss's son, who did not get a pickup oh. on the draft, who also played at LSU as well. So I just wanted to drop that little tidbit in for you guys as the fact checker comes in.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, yeah, that was interesting. Um one point uh so at number three, the Lions took a cornerback, Jeff Akuda. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I th- thought I thought it was very very strange how many cornerbacks were taken in the first round this year, because um, cornerbacks just don't really give you amount to anything. Yeah, unless they are going to become one of the top five lockdown corners in the NFL, which even those guys they are like struggling to actually lock down the good NFL receivers. All the other ones are just like they're just out there you know if <laughs> hey mom if the uh, if the receiver is good you're always going to get beat as the defensive back like yes. unless you are a hall of fame cornerback you aren't going to be able to lock these people down so to me it's irresponsible to waste these early picks on cornerbacks when you're probably going to get similar value later in the draft you should be getting somebody that you know is going to be like a very good contributor a low risk pick
0: exactly
1: so it was just interesting the falcons ended up going with the cornerback later in the draft we'll get to that in a second
0: (laughs) (laughs) number four pick was going to be andrew thomas uh he's from georgia he went to the new york giants uh anything you want to add
1: I think that was a surprise to a lot of people too because he wasn't even the top-rated offensive lineman. Yeah. Um but apparently the Giants saw something they liked in him. Um so that was kind of a reach for them but whatever, you know. Yeah. They could have they could have gotten something worse like a cornerback so <laughs> <laughs> at least they had
0: something. So the number 5 and 6 picks were definitely your boys over here, because they are back in town. The boys are back in town! <laughs> uh, number five was Tua Tagovailoa, and he the, went to... The University of Alabama. He rolled in on the tide into Miami. Yes, he did. Bringing with him
1: a pair of... <laughs> dolphins! <laughs> so... uh it was funny. Me and Crystal were like, we know where we're going on vacation from now on. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're going to be making some pilgrimages down to uh, Miami to see him play. And hopefully he can have a
0: long, healthy career. So let me be real with you. Now it's going to get interesting this year. Okay. So I would like to hear a quick little prediction from you. Okay, Are you rooting for the Dolphins or are you rooting for the Buccaneers this year? Oh, definitely the battle for Florida?
1: Definitely the the Dolphins.
0: Okay. I think
1: it'll be interesting to see how... The real
0: teams. Sorry, Jacksonville. (laughs)
1: Uh, Got him. But I think it'll be interesting to see how Tom ends up handling a
0: new team
1: in his advanced age. He's got Mike Evans as a receiver. Really, really good. He just got gronk again. We'll see how that does. So it's just, to me, that's kind of a toss-up. I don't know if we can even make a judgment call until we see them play.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, the six pick guys is going to be Justin Herbert from the University of Oregon. Go, ducks. Ducks fly together. Ducks fly together. I think he's going to do just fine out there. Honestly, just fine? Yeah. And what I mean by just fine is the sauce, fine.
1: Is he going to end up doing better than Philip Rivers? Yes, he will. Okay, I mean, he's—they've got the
0: tools out there. That's the bar Um, right now. mm -hmm. So you gotta—you gotta exceed. I mean, it's not to succeed. It's really not hard to do better than Philip. I love the man, but it's not hard.
1: Yeah, sorry. Hold the phone,
0: Cotton. He's got a cannon. Cannon. (laughs) Uh, You know, other people who notable mentions, notable mentions. Um, are going to be Henry Ruggs. Ooh, the Rugrat. The, rug the rat. first
1: wide receiver taken in a like very deep wide receiver draft. Yes,
0: where did he go, Kyle?
1: The University of Alabama, hey. Crimson Tide. Where did he end up? He ended up to the Oakland Raiders for John Gruden. Knock on wood if you're with me, man. <laughs> so that was interesting because they had the pick of the litter. They could have picked Jerry Judy. They could have picked CeeDee Lamb. They decided to go with the Rugrats.
0: Mm-hmm. Speaking of Jerry... Uh, Jerry Judy. Doo, uh, doo, 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 doo. <laughs> uh, definitely thought he was going to be on the Atlanta Falcons. Oh. That was what I really thought. You brought it to my attention. Like he was still on the board right before the Falcons got there. I really think that was who they were going to really originally pick up in the draft. It just made more sense, you know, because they're the wide receiver team that just.
1: Yeah, they had yeah, some, they already have Julio head. and Calvin Ridley from Bama. Like, if they had got, if the Falcons had gotten Jerry Judy, they aim They would have had the definitely the best passing attack in the league, like Which bar is none.
0: What they kind of need, in my opinion,
1: except cause. Matt Ryan would have been
0: like,
1: <coughs> <coughs> He was like, "Why don't I play quarterback?
0: <laughs> I will literally hurdle it." To everybody wow. else, except where it needs to go. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, wide receiver from Oklahoma, ended up over at the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. He did. That one was a crazy one.
1: I was a little, a little surprised, but also not
0: surprised. Not surprised? Okay.
1: Just because, you know... The Cowboys needed another real receiver. Um, he was still available. There was a lot of people that didn't think any of these receivers would be available like past pick ten. So
0: Ooh, okay. So it was it was definitely overall an interesting draft, guys. Uh just to say, like we said in yeah, and- I think we
1: at least need to touch on Atlanta's pick yeah. for AJ Terrell.
0: Yeah, play okay? it on me.
1: So this is a cornerback from Clemson. Mm-hmm. Um he's not he wasn't even a top 10 or I'm sorry, he was like number 7 as far as the best cornerbacks in this draft. So this I'm just going to read you a little excerpt of what Mel Kuyper the draft expert said after the draft about the Falcons. The pick that stunned me the most on day 1 was Atlanta taking cornerback AJ Terrell at number 16. It's one of the biggest reaches. Of the past few years. Think about it this way. At number sixteen, many teams can get a top ten player on their own board. The Cowboys did it at CD Lamb and said Atlanta forced a pick for a position of need. Sorry, Falcons, but you're not a cornerback away from the Super Bowl. No, we're not. End quote. Mel Kuyper. Hit the nail on the Mm -hmm. head. You do not do that. You do not do that.
0: I don't care if you uh, have navigation. You do not go there. Uh, <sighs> do not, to not go, go there. Smith. Why did you do that? <laughs> Why did you do that? <laughs> Blasphemy.
1: So, yeah, I was a little disappointed.
0: I think everybody was. <laughs> I mean, it's probably because of those jerseys. <laughs> uh, they're like... Well,
1: with these CFL jerseys, we need to get some CFL picks. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Canadians. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. Um, Guys, so before we get uh, into the last dance, uh, just a quick update for you. With Corona uh, on the regular NBA, I just want to mention this. So states that originally were loosened up this past weekend, Mm -hmm. that were... For phase one, reopening is, I believe, the term it's been dubbed. Uh, Yeah, Um, that's true. So for phase one, uh, reopening, like restaurants and stuff have reopened in the uh, state. So the NBA reached out to the Atlanta Hawks and they said, like, we would be okay if you just reopened your training facility because of the Hawks' response of saying, like, well... May be like they hesitated essentially in the conversation.
1: The Hawks did, yeah. The
0: Hawks hesitated, so they, at they meaning the league actually decided to postpone until May eighth for training facilities and team activities to resume. So we'll see what happens in about a week. Okay.
1: Hey, I just was thinking. Do you think that like the NBA players are getting? Any like of their paid vacation time like taken away since this is technically like paid vacation time?
0: I don't know. That's a good question. Do you
1: think any of them have filed for partial unemployment?
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> but I did find this out too in, in lighter news today as well that the our favorite team, the Los Angeles Lakers, mm-hmm. somehow got into the small business uh bracket that got that loan Ugh. and got three Point four million dollars out of it and they returned it good. So, good, 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 but, good 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 good, good, i good, mean good. i'm happy but number one on my radar is like why were you in there yeah like, <laughs> submit you're not small at all you're one of the most wealthy franchises well, i want to
1: know who processed the application they're like
0: oh yeah la lakers what is that that's like that small middle school team yeah. Yeah, they need it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Jeez. Why did you do that? <laughs> I just did not understand that. Literally, like, dumbfounded when I read that today. Mm. And that is via ESPN and the Lakers. I saw that on their uh, page. So, guys. That's uh, me smacking my head. <laughs> we will be right back, and we will join you for the last dance documentary. Yes! <laughs> Coming up next on I'll Tell, Tell You what. what. I smell something that's so delicious. Gotta go fishes. <laughs> I eat those things every day. They make me go out of play. <laughs> 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 I don't remember one. Welcome, 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 welcome back, back to I'll, I'll tell, tell you what. what. And last
1: from the past. Of the right? World. I just had to hit y'all yeah. with
0: that. Like, for real. Oh, so.
1: my mom says that's okay.
0: Right? <laughs> <laughs> After we do it, he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like playing it over. And I was like,
1: what
0: did they say? It's like the Oscar Mayer Wiener commercial. You're just like, uh, Oscar Mayer spells baloney. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah i love baloney by the way oh uh, dude it's not for me i no? used to get down on that when i was younger now i'm just like Aah. dude i could
1: wreck a pack of baloney like a full pack just like coming home from school just no. because like in no. like, like middle and high school i just bet like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> no no that's gonna be a no for six me, stack though. like cheese baloney cheese baloney cheese baloney bread eat. I think I just vomited in my mouth, too. You're like hot dogs, though, right? Yes. Same thing. Flatter meat. No. Flatter meat. No. I knew you were going to say that. Why hit me with that? Ah. All right, guys. So, Blast from the Past, we uh, get back to our last dance over here. So, what we learned in the third episode, and the spotlight was on Dennis, okay, uh who is a bad boy for life we ain't go and nowhere we ain't go you can't be down (laughs) yeah this is bad boys for life um so essentially he got his humble beginnings hold
1: on just really quick and i don't don't want to like cut you off but let's just remind him where episode two left off
0: okay So we left off with Scottie Pippen still being injured. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jordan, this is in 1998, is fighting for the Bulls to just keep a record alive for them to have a shot at the title. Yeah, a winning record. Um, Phil Jackson has already stated that, you know, this is our last hoo-ha. Let's go out with a bang. Like, let's just lay it all on the line. Don't hold anything back. And so everybody was kind of in for it. They all just... Said, yeah, cheers, you know? Yeah. Um, so, since Scotty was out, he had surgery. Uh, he was saying he wasn't going to play again for the Bulls um, unless, like, Jerry Krauss left essentially or he got traded. He was demanding a trade.
1: Mm-hmm. And so, Jerry Krause is the general manager.
0: manager. And so, what we learned was that Michael felt very alone because he was picking up the slack. So Mm -hmm. he would will the team with his abilities to elevate over the other teams, essentially, and just carry everybody on his back, which is cool and all, but it gets very tiring. And if one piece goes wrong with you that day or you're just off slightly, you're just going to get ran through. Mm -hmm. So as the story, or rather the episode is progressing, we see that Dennis is originally been playing with the Pistons. He actually has a past with Jordan, a very interesting one. So he had been on the street, essentially, as a youngster. I'm going to start at the beginning, beginning. Yeah. And work our way up to, like, present, meaning the 1998 part. Yeah. So he essentially was just out there on the street. His mom was like, you better do something with your life. And he was <laughs> like, I... And so one day this guy approached him and was like, I think you'd be good at basketball. You wanted to give it a shot? And he was like, sure. And so it was actually a very cool cause. He had never really played basketball. He was just tall enough and knew how to tip the ball in, essentially off of rebounds. So he just went for it. So fast forward to college, because he got a full ride. That's what he wanted to just get into a school, have an education paid for himself, make something of himself. Because again, he came from not the best area and rather a very bad background. Um, so after he got out of college, he got drafted into mm-hmm. the NBA. And what was crazy at this point, And when we hear this part, he just was like, I went to the gym and I just really learned how people would shoot the ball. And I would put myself in a position to see where the ball would land if they missed. Mm-hmm. So that's really all rebounds are and it's crazy to me that he just would look around and that's really the secret and why most people don't do that today is still mind-boggling to me where you're just watching where the ball is you're supposed to predict where it's going to be but if you're the rebounder you just want to be in that position to like line up of where the play is going to be does that make Mm -hmm. sense Kyle yeah I think so so um he sat there he put in long hours he got very, very good at it. Um, to this day, guys, actually, he has a very, very hefty record on rebounds. Yeah, uh, he definitely made his imprint on the league. Um, notable,
1: he's at this point, wasn't he? Um, one of the only players to have, or he had, I think they said, ten games where he had twenty rebounds or more and zero points. points. The only other player to even have done that was Marcus Camby, yeah. which was a center uh, in like the 2000s, and he only did it twice. Yeah. So
0: this is crazy, guys. That's what I'm saying. Like Dennis was very niche, and essentially he was not playing for the Bulls at this point. He was when he entered the league. He was playing for the Detroit Pistons, mm-hmm. and they were the bad boys of. League physical, (laughs) very physical. Um, gave the Bulls a very, very big run for their money both times. Um, this is in 89 and 90, essentially.
1: Um, yes, I believe he was drafted in 87 or 88. Yeah, but he, yes, he was on the teams that like once they were starting to get good with Bill Lambeer, Joe Dumars, those guys, Isaiah isaiah thomas. thomas yeah uh it was really funny um side note with isaiah thomas crystal was like uh my wife just saying he looks the exact same now as he did then. <laughs> like, he's one he of those does, people that like just doesn't, doesn't look age. like they age at all yeah. yeah
0: so i will say that too <laughs> um what was crazy to me is that they just knew that they were dominant it was just forceful like basketball back then guys and that's Detroit. detroit was and that's really how they got it done so flipping the script real quick back to the bulls jordan was doing his thing he was getting very good with his shots they got a new coach the coach was actually like give michael the ball doug collins yes and he was like essentially just get out of the way
1: yeah (laughs) give jordan the ball Get out of the way. They got along. Jordan and Doug got along very well. Um, one of the funny stories that I remember from that episode, just between those two, is Michael kind of um, not fell in love with, but really started to respect and uh, care about Doug because he was coaching as hard as as Jordan the players were playing. playing, like they were so, he would come off the floor, soaked through his suit. <laughs> it
0: was like, crazy, he literally Doug
1: Collins. was like dredged. <laughs> and Michael was like, this is my guy, like mm-hmm. I going to ride or die with him. And he also, Doug was very hard on Michael, like coached him very hard. There was another funny story. Do you remember the practice story? Yes, yeah, go ahead. So uh, they were in practice one day, the Bulls, and Doug Collins would have Michael playing with like the starters against, like, the, the second string. And so they would start winning. Michael's side would start winning, and then Michael would have to, like, switch places to play on the the second string's <laughs> team. And then they would, like, start winning, and then he would put him back on the other side. And so he did this, like, a couple times, and then Michael would start to get pissed because he thought <laughs> Doug was, like... T- Mixing up the score, <laughs> he's like, "That's it, I'm out of here. This sucks. Bye." <laughs> Doug is like, "Calm down, yeah, Mike. Dude. Yeah, it's just practice." And then, like, all the reporters were freaking out because they were they were like, oh, "Doug, I think you just ran off, Michael. Like, he is not coming back. This is up. He is upset." <laughs> and so the next day at the press conference, Doug was like, "It's not a big deal, guys. This is like, it's called coaching and players." You have to coach and you have to play. You have to have these mini battles and things like, Michael, can you come over here so we can kiss and make up on camera? <laughs> and Michael's like, oh, yeah, whatever. All right. like, okay, okay. So mm-hmm. was, they just had that relationship where they challenged each other a lot. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that really, I think, helped Michael even refine his greatness even more just before – what you're about to talk yes. about, where that came became more team oriented,
0: and and it's crazy too. So at the same time that this is going on, um, Michael was an MVP of the league, and
1: right? this is you're still talking about yes. late eighties, like, late eighties. Yeah. yeah, this
0: is MVP of the league. It's when he had his dunk, dunk contest, dunk contest started defensive player of the year D all these stats accolades started like coming out. It's just raining again, guys, like for Michael Jordan. This is why he's considered the GOAT. <laughs> um, so it's kind of crazy that this was just developing and then all of a sudden, you know, they're like getting to Detroit and the in, I want to say the playoffs and they just keep getting playoffs? knocked off by Detroit. Mm-hmm. And so Michael is getting like beaten around during this and he's like, something's got to change here. Like I'm giving it 1000% and we can't get around it. So this is something that I do want to just talk about because of how good one player is. You can't always just rely on the sheer talent. Mm. You have to have multiple weapons at your disposal. Someone's got to step up. You've got to find a way to change up and shake things up a bit. So people are always on their toes. Phil Jackson was promoted to the coach of the Chicago Bulls in a very, very strange turn of events. And Jerry, <laughs> this is after they lost, okay, guys? Jerry Krause was like, you're out, Doug. And Phil, you're up. Mm-hmm. And this is crazy. It's like something that you never would do. Like, again, Michael loved Doug. Doug was really cool, you know. <laughs> um, and so, what we saw from Phil was the beginning of the Zen Master.
1: Okay, so okay, what philosophy. was
0: what? Tell me
1: what you believe and what the documentary said really separated Phil from Doug what was the philosophy difference?
0: Okay. So what I know is that Doug would, like I talked about just a few minutes ago was that he would say like, give the ball to Jordan, work through Jordan, flow through Jordan. Now what was different with Phil is that he listened to a gentleman who was an assistant coach on the bulls. His name was Tex. I'm sorry. Tex winners. Yes. Yeah. I don't know why I was going to butcher that here. Uh, And Tex was on the verge of something amazing. It's called the triangle (laughs) offense. And he said, he brought it to Doug first. He said, Doug, you really should do this. Like, it's going to benefit you like phenomenally. You'll have a way to rotate and everybody's going to score. People will become more versatile. It's amazing. So what... Doug did was he pretty much just shoot it away. He was like, I know what I'm doing. Like, we're fine. We don't need (laughs) it. And so ultimately that's what led Jerry to believe in Phil, Mm -hmm. which is how Phil differed from Doug because he just applied that principle. And he talked personally to Jordan. He said, I know you're used to being like number one, like all of that, like getting the ball. That's fine. You can still get some of that stuff. You're just not going to have that scoring champion or title this year. I'm sorry. Like he did apologize in advance, but if you buy into this technique of what we're trying to build here, I guarantee you're going to get the result that you want, which is that championship. Mm -hmm. And so Michael said it. He was like, it hurt a lot to take a step back, but he bought in Mm -hmm. and everybody else bought in. And so what you learn is that the triangle offense did help other people step up. Scotty Pimpin, as an example, Dennis, uh, Luke Longley, all these other players got a chance to be accents because it did not put the pressure just on one person. It just, you didn't know who the ball was going to go to, essentially. Everybody in the offense had a job, meaning like they could score or they could make you think that they were going to shoot and then you could just divvy off to another person. Mm Mm-hmm. This is phenomenal stuff, guys. This is in my opinion, I still think the triangle offense is to this day the greatest technique for basketball. Um, it is very difficult. It is not a one-step thing, it is actually like multi-step.
1: <laughs> you know what's so, really funny about the triangle uh, offense? I believe it was the movie Like Mike. Mm-hmm. I think. Where somebody in that movie, like the coach, the premise of the movie is this kid finds Michael Jordan's old shoes. Puts him on and bow then wow. has, yeah, a little bow wow. And he, he like, when he puts on the shoes, he has all the skills and abilities of a grown Michael Jordan. Yeah. So anyway, he like joins an NBA team. But it's funny because his coach like is trying to teach him how to do the triangle. And so he like shows him how the Bulls ran the triangle. And he like draws it on the whiteboard and he's like, okay, now I want to show you how the Lakers under <laughs> – Phil when they were running with Kobe and Jack, like how now they're running the trial. And it was like, it was actually like, even though it was very uh, elementary, like it was informative at the time. So yeah. it was really funny. I think if you haven't had a chance, you should watch that. Yeah. For sure. For sure.
0: For sure. So uh, essentially getting back to the end of uh, episode three guys, what we learn is that, you know, they're pushing really hard. Uh, Dennis got his two championships and he stepped up. Um, for the Bulls, like he went to Jordan, and Jordan had a conversation with him, and he raised his game, and they started winning. They had actually secured the best record, I believe, in the East, going into the All-Star break um, at this point. In 1998? No. Yes, in 98. <sighs> yes, 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 yes. And so, um Scotty had said, I guess I'm ready to come back. And so... As he said that he was ready to come back and everybody was getting relaxed, Dennis said, guys, I need a vacation. Uh, And literally literally went to Phil and was like, I need a vacation. And Phil went to Jordan and was like, hey, I got to talk to you. Uh, (laughs) So being very real with you, Kyle, on this part, who's really running that team? MJ. (laughs) Low key, dude. After hearing this, I was like, are you kidding (laughs) me?
1: That's why people really don't give Phil any – like most people don't give Phil props as one of the greatest coaches of all time, even though in reality he has more championships than any coach in any sport.
0: Yeah, I know. And that's very impressive. Yeah, but
1: they always say like Jordan ran the Bulls and like Kobe and check. And Mitch Kupchak, like, put together the Lakers. Mm. But in reality, like, they wouldn't have, most likely they wouldn't have had that many championships without Phil. Because Phil brought, he was uh, the the peanut the butter piece. to their jelly.
0: Mm-hmm. And so uh, he asked Michael, and Michael's like, if you let Rodman go, he's not going to come back. And he was like, well, I mean, we can give you 48 hours. And Dennis just, like, took off.
1: Mm. Apparently
0: He was gone And so Dennis gone for 24 hours With permission 36
1: hours 48 hours With 48 49 hours Without permission Permission, Yeah
0: And then it just like Went Like he just disappeared Mm -hmm. And so Meanwhile he's out there Hanging out with Carmen Electra And In the At Vegas Just having a good old time Michael had to go Fetch him back y'all Like (laughs) The errand boy He was like Dennis if y'all Get yourself back in here (laughs) And in fairness, like in the interview, you see that uh, Carmen Electra is like, I didn't know the schedule, you know, for the NBA. What, what, what were y'all doing? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't
1: know you were playing. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure he was talking about it like, yeah, I don't have to go because like, whatever. I own that team. Like, whatever. <laughs> you know, that's just how he was.
0: Mm-hmm. And so uh, they come back and it's just a world when they start pulling it together and You just, at the end of this, as everything starts to fall into place, rather, they get their first championship at the end of the fourth episode, which is kind of, we kind of merge both of them together.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: They get that first championship, and in large part, it's because they get Rodman, and they've got, or no, they didn't have Rodman at that point. I'm sorry. They trusted the triangle offense, and it just really fell into place, guys. And
1: the one thing they did before that that first championship season was they recommitted themselves to becoming tougher and it started with Michael. Yeah. He had never really been a guy to go into weights and he was not somebody that was in the gym working out like strength training. So that season where they got beat in the champion the Eastern Conference Finals for a second straight time by the Pistons they decided to – or Michael, rather, decided to bulk up and just wasn't about to take it. He was ready to go toe-to-toe with anybody then. And um, so the whole team kind of took that cue and they just became more stout and less less victims and more people that will withstand adversity and not complain and do their job.
0: Because they sacrificed – uh, what's it called? Vacation time at that point. Mm-hmm. They literally did. Yeah. So it's crazy.
1: And I think that's something that we can all, like in our lives today, take a look and say, like, is this adversity, like, you know, is that something that I'm going to let limit me and just complain about it? Or am I going to look at that adversity and say, here's what I need to do to get, to past, get past that? It. Yeah. And I'm not going to let this be a stumbling
0: block on my path to what I want to get in my life. He literally, Michael p- went from being the I to an actual like team. Right. And he it, said he, that
1: he had nothing to prove or to prove to anybody. He was already the best player in the league and he took it upon himself to improve his fitness level, which was already like pristine at, at the, the peak. And he took it to the next
0: level mm-hmm.
1: because he found a way.
0: And that's, what's crazy to me guys is just, why I will always consider him the goat in my eyes. Like the I, goat, the goat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Greatest of all time. <laughs> so I just, I gotta say guys, like that's just really the secret too. is he kept finding ways to win, overcome, just get it done, dude. And to see that is, is crazy. But I do have to say one note before we like wrap this segment up. So <laughs> in the interview, Michael's talking with Isaiah, or they're talking about that season against the Pistons. Oh, this, when they finally they overcame, finally overcame them. them. So, the previous two times that the Pistons won, like, they like the Pistons ran up on the Bulls and they're like, oh, in your face essentially, like, you guys suck. But and Michael was
1: extremely gracious in defeat, even in those interviews. You heard mm-hmm. he was like, you know what, like we respect them, like they were the better team tonight. We're gonna go home and we're gonna refocus so that we can become
0: like come back and play better. And it is crazy because when the Bulls finally won, the Pistons just walked off the floor. The clock hadn't even expired. There was still seven seconds left. Did they shake their hands? No. What? And to this day, like Michael has held resentment Ooh. to that group of individuals, and talk it, about sour grapes, dude. Because you did see it. He literally it shows Michael saying like, "Hey, like, good job. Thanks so much for like playing your best. Like, I appreciate it. Right. That sportsmanship." Mm-hmm. And they showed
1: no. You leave it all out on the court. Mm-hmm. You don't. You know, like if you gave it
0: everything you had, you got nothing to be ashamed of. Nothing. Yeah. And the fact that they just walked off and they're like, well, we would, you know, like we didn't want to do it. I don't understand why you would do that. I would always try and shake somebody's hand just so I don't look like that. Because Michael made a point. I'll remember that for the rest of my life. For the rest of my life, clearly. Oh,
1: i hate them to this day. To this day. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He literally said that in the interview. You're like, whoa. (laughs) So
1: you don't cross somebody like when they're in their like craft like that Mm -hmm. if they're following all the rules and like even when they're not getting you know W's and then they somehow do something better than you and then you don't show that same respect you're done you're done you're done
0: you're done (laughs) (laughs) jeez Linda Linda listen Linda listen (laughs) Well, guys, uh, that's a wrap for uh, this segment on The Last Dance, uh, part two. We've got episodes five and six coming up next week. Yeah. I think, or rather, yeah, five and six this week. Uh, I think it's going to probably focus on the USA Dream Team. That will be 92. That's in line with it. The Barcelona Olympics, where we were stupidly good as america i believe that was the first or second year that professional athletes were allowed to compete in the olympics so we were too stacked and the world couldn't do anything about it no um so uh we're i think that's gonna happen and i think we're gonna start seeing an appearance from your and my second favorite individual to ever touch a basketball um bean mr bean so. Mr Bane. Mr. Bane. Yeah. So. I was gonna bring that up actually
1: when we were talking about the teamwork versus the individual thing. I think just because Kobe grew up pretty much only playing basketball, like and always focusing and studying it, like I think he knew all of that going into it. So he actually had that like leg up on Michael because Michael had to like live it and learn it and be like, Yes, I could be super great but I'm not going to start like getting over this hump unless I can like figure out how to incorporate everything,
0: anything I can't all tools need to be used. Yeah. yeah. Even if it's just like something that's like one pound, do it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's crazy guys, but uh, we'll catch you back on the other side of this break on I'll, I'll tell, tell you What? what.
1: So you're saying it's time to go? Yes. This is
0: it, guys. It's our final segment for the episode. Oh, my gosh. On I'll Tell You What. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Don't let the tears fall. Trying to do it a little bit more subtle this time. It's keeping it easy, guys. <laughs> so welcome, welcome, welcome back. I'll Tell, tell You What. That.
1: That was a little that was a little uh, a little crazy, but I figured you guys needed to hear that because it really brings me into that that mode where I'm just like
0: closing time. time. <laughs> so it's Tuesday, ain't Isn't it? it? <laughs> uh, no, it's not actually. But <laughs> but uh, tell me a little bit about what you're looking forward to this week, Kyle. Tell me a little bit more. Okay. Well, yeah.
1: um, this week. Uh, Krista and I are very excited because uh, we're here in Georgia and I know it's like somewhat controversial, but the restaurants are being allowed to reopen their dining services under strict um, restrictions to ensure you know, that no transmission of the virus is happening. Um, so we didn't get to go to a restaurant for our anniversary. So we are going to just treat this week like one week long anniversary trip
0: that's awesome each out to the
1: restaurants and and just you know try and spread a little joy spread a little cheer yeah i like that okay happy
0: holidays
1: (laughs) um so yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time i think we'll we'll definitely get that that um balance that balance exactly
0: so um but yeah man
1: what about yourself
0: I think I'm just going to kick my feet up um, and try and relax a little bit and ease back into this uh, with everybody coming out. I don't want to say the stupids are out, but <laughs> like a lot of not intelligent people are out right now. I will say that. Like, That's going to be us. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, like the people who are not paying attention to the driving right now. I don't know if you've noticed that on your way to like work in the morning. dude. Like,
1: I will actually that. have to share a story with you. So on the way home from uh, the office today, I was turning left into um, just like a, a main street and I had a green like left turn arrow. So I, I was turning left and a car like that was turning right onto the street, going the opposite direction, like onto the street I was going left onto just like, pulled out directly in front of me like when i was already almost through the intersection and i'm like a very safe driver so it wasn't a huge deal like the, i wasn't going to hit them by any stretch of the imagination so i just ended up slowly getting behind them and i don't know what was going on with them but they were driving like very erratically they were very they were driving first of all very slow so once I, that happened they were going maybe 15 20 miles an hour and this is on a road like i think it was 45 speed limit hour, yeah that's why i'm but saying but it is a one lane and i was just i was very confused i don't know if they felt like i was riding them or somehow maybe i was like my fault so i ended up just doing what i always do where i just i drop way back i don't like to be up on anybody because i don't want them to feel that way but and then i thought maybe they're on some like they might be on something. Yeah. Because I did also think about this. A lot of people got stimulus checks and a lot of people are getting a lot of money for unemployment that they normally would not have. And a lot of people, I'm not trying to like Alien pinpoint out a- anybody, no. but like I know when you're a young person or even like an older person, if you have access to a lot of money that you don't normally have access to and you have Nothing like a small drug habit you that is going to become something that you are going to abuse and i do think that you're going to see i've seen a lot of people just on the side of the road like doing very Weird. strange stuff uh, earlier uh, same same drive somebody was walking across the street in like full traffic it wasn't in a lull of traffic they literally walk and everybody was sla- like had to slam on the brakes just And this person was, like, trying to fight the car. It was so strange, dude. I'm
0: telling you. I think
1: people are on, a, like, more drugs I, than they would normally
0: be. I was telling you, like, and it's not me saying that. I've just noticed people are not quite there right now. Are they, are we
1: starting? Do you think it's what I'm saying? Or do you think they're reverting back to more base human, like, animalistic tendencies?
0: Uh, could be a combination of both. On the flip side of that, I did have a situation arise today where I was working at a cafe. I won't say with the location, but clearly we have on the sign, like on the door that says only takeout, only. So this gentleman just barged in and he was like, yeah, I'm going to sit over here. And we're like, no. And, it was <laughs> like, and just so you know, like someone had just left. And said like they're not open for <laughs> dining. Yeah. And he just like forced his way in, like past me, and I was and I literally the what stopped him. I was like, excuse me, can I help you? You know what I <laughs> mean? Like I said to say that because I was more shocked, like, what are you doing? You know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Like yeah. just da 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 da
1: da And there's like signs on our on the door, right? Yeah, yeah, they're
0: not like not seen. You have to pass five signs that <laughs> say it. So it's like Stop! In the name yeah. of breakfast. <laughs> so it was a little weird there, but that's what I'm saying. I just don't think people are in their right space right now. So you just take a little bit more cautious, take your time doing things. Um, like you said, I think people are trying to get used to human interaction again. So just bear with them as they transition through this period. But that, that's why I'm saying I'm a little hesitant going places right now, not because of the virus or anything just i've noticed people are not paying attention (laughs) to basic things so basics yeah so that's all we got guys uh we'll see you next week on i'll tell you what." what